0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses
1: and the people who lead them.
0: Welcome to 3C Amplified. I'm your host, Jacqueline DeStrumps, here to highlight the businesses, nonprofits, and individuals collaborating to amplify their impact in the community. This series is sponsored by Another Hand Advantage, where we create marketing strategies for community-minded small businesses and nonprofits who want to amplify their impact by taking the stress out of digital marketing. Joining me in the studio today is Alexandra Wadsworth, Development and Communications Coordinator with the ALS Association Arizona Chapter, and Ryan Quinn, CEO and founder of Bright Guest. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah, so excited to have you both in here today. Um, let's start off with some introductions. Alexandra, let's start with you. Just tell us a little bit about um, your position
2: there at ALS Association and um, a little bit also about ALS. Yeah, so I'm the development and communications coordinator, and actually today is my three-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Um, Which is exciting. So I handle fundraising. So we have two major uh, fundraising walks in Phoenix and Tucson and two major fundraising galas, also Phoenix and Tucson. Um, So I'm in charge of coordinating those. Um, And I also do communications, so email and print materials and uh, texting, things like that. So and the ALS Association was founded in 1991. In Arizona, we serve the entire state of Arizona. So for those who don't know, ALS stands for myotrophic lateral sclerosis. Um, it's a neuromuscular degenerative disease. Right now, it's 100% fatal. There's no known cause and no known cure. Usually after diagnosis, people have two to, about five, two to five years excuse me, um, to live. And so what happens is the brain stops communicating with your muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so our patients will lose the ability to um, walk, um, talk, and breathe. Um, and so we're just here to serve them and their families in any way um, that they need. Great. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. And Ryan, tell us a little bit about Brightguest and um, yeah, it, I, how long Brightguest has been around and sure. kind of how you came about with
1: Brightguest. Uh, so Brightguest is personalized microsites and text messaging for nonprofits. We've uh, been around, we launched the platform uh, as it is today about two years ago. And, you know, really just focusing on helping to solve some of the major pain points or points of friction to have uh, the ability for nonprofits to tell their story and connect with their audiences more effectively.
0: Right, yeah. And, um, when I was putting together, um, some show notes and such for today, I actually kind of went down a little, you know, bit of a rabbit hole looking at some statistics and everything. Um, and one of them was actually quite interesting. And I was looking at the, um, 2018 charitable giving report from um, Blackbaud, and they said 24% of online donations in 2018 were made via a mobile device. And so going forward as, you know, as a nonprofit and as, you know, working on the, you know, fundraising and such that you're doing for ALS, how important is that to you, knowing that that a lot of the online donations, and I'm sure that's just going to go up from there.
2: Oh, yeah. It's it's everything, learning that, just finding, um, trying to stay current mm-hmm. with what people are using, what platforms are using, what's easiest for them. Um, so that's why we, we actually, we partner with Brightguest. Right, are um, yeah. really excited about our partnership and moving forward with this new tool that's available um, to our, our donors and clients. And how
0: did that partnership come about? Did you find out about Brightguest? Did Guest reach out to you? Was it something that you already
2: had imagined? wanting to incorporate into your giving? Yeah, we'd always be, we had been talking about wanting to include a texting mm-hmm. platform. We just didn't really know where to start. And a mutual um, friend of our, our president um, introduced us both. Mm-hmm. And she was actually on the call with Ryan, I believe. And um, she was in her office and she pulled me and she's like, come in, come in here. Like, this, this is amazing. <laughs> like I want you to listen to And if you have any questions and afterwards, I'm like, yeah, this could be big for us, not only for our donors, but our patients, too. Um, A lot of them using their mobile phones is the way to go. And for those who are using eye gaze devices, it's more compatible with texting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're just really excited about the accessibility of it.
0: Yeah. So Ryan, tell me a little bit then about, you know, how this is used by nonprofits and what that looks like.
1: Sure. The main idea is that, you know, as a tool to compel action, uh, email is uh, quickly becoming more and more uh, obsolete or less and less effective. The trouble with low engagement. That problem is felt across several industries, Uh, but nonprofits feel it the most. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're profoundly reliant on community engagement, fundraising, um, education, uh, community involvement to support their cause, grow their mission. And so, you know, what the idea is, is that the problem with being able to engage people on platforms like email, even though it's the primary outreach channel, is that it just gets lost. It gets buried in spam, and it's very difficult to leverage that in a mobile-centric way, right? right? And so what we do is we make it super easy for our customers to build these uh, personalized microsites, and they're delivered through a more frictionless channel, which is text messaging. Right. Much more personalized.
0: Mm -hmm. And personalized is, I think, really the key to that because I guess, you know, nothing feels worse than – I'll go back to email – you know, you get so many emails. Nothing feels worse than when you, and this is going to sound awful, take the time to actually open an email, and then you start reading it and go, why am I even receiving this? (laughs) And I used the example, I was speaking at a conference um, last month, and I used the example that I received an email from an airline I've never flown on before that said, thanks for flying with us. Here's some... Here's some deals. And I was like, I've never flown with you. And then I actually had to go ask, I'm like, have we flown with I had to ask my husband, I'm like, wait a minute, have we flown with them before? And if we did, it was long enough ago that I don't remember. He's like, No, we've never flown with them. So but then when you open an email and it there it actually speaks to you, especially when it's coming from I'd say a nonprofit where you've made, you're either a volunteer and you've given your time or you've given some money, or it may be even just your first donation that you've ever made to an organization, the response to that can really, I'd say, make or break whether or not you're going to decide to move forward with volunteering or donating with that organization. Have you,
2: you know, how do you run into that before, Alexandra? Yeah, Definitely. Two, with email, you know, sometimes you you give out an email, but you're not necessarily checking all the time. Right. And with ALS Association, it's such a tight-knit community. We've got great volunteers, great donors, great families that we work with, um, and they like personalized things. Right. So just ha- like, and they want to be able to, like, see it in real time as uh-huh. opposed to having to, re- like, just it's one more thing to have to check your email, but in your phone, it's right there. Right. Yeah. Um, And it's things that we're doing that are current as opposed to just sending them, you know, information about the organization. Right,
0: right. And how does that work for you as far as volunteers and communicating with them? How are
2: you using the platform to communicate with your volunteers? So we haven't yet. Um, We just started using Bright Guest um, about a month or two ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're new, but I'm, I'm excited. We have our fundraising gala. We have two coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, and so traditionally, obviously, we've used email to communicate uh-huh. with volunteers, but there's a lot of logistics that go into, like, parking and what to wear and if things change. So we're going to start rolling that out this month. Right. Just sending them, like I said, real-time updates about, oh, this might have changed, or don't worry about parking, bring your ticket. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm expecting a really great response.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting because yeah. everyone's going to look at their phone. Nobody's waiting to the end of the day to check their text messages. Exactly.
2: Especially if you're en route <laughs> to the event. You're not like, oh, better check my email. Right, like, right, I might right. see that, you know like, the I-10 is closed or something. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So,
0: Ryan, tell me then a little bit when you um, envisioned this platform, like, where did that come from? What even gave you that idea in the first place? Were you working with nonprofits already or...?
1: Yeah, so you know, a big part of our company culture is you know giving back to the local community, whether that's to volunteer with nonprofits um, like uh, some of the walk events or uh, some of the step-out events um, or with Phoenix Startup Week. So that was another aspect for the past few years I've been involved in organizing um, one of the aspects of the week, which is the mentoring aspect. And so uh, Phoenix Startup Week is a week-long five- to six-day event that's focused around, uh, you know, boosting attention around the local startup ecosystem. The mentoring component is an opportunity that um, connects local founders with some of the Valley business leaders, uh, executives, people that have been in the trenches that can really help. Um, And so that component of it is what I've been involved with uh, in, in Startup Week. Um, Also, a part of the Startup AZ Collective, which is a group of local uh, entrepreneurs and founders that kind of get together and uh, provide mentorship, hold each other accountable. And one of our team members actually is on the; uh, she's a co-chair of the marketing um, uh, of the board of uh, Girls in Tech Phoenix. So, a part of our, you know, whole uh, company is is giving back and staying involved. Um, And so that's what I've kind of been involved with as well.
0: Okay, and then where the your platform is at now is that is that exactly what you had envisioned or how has that morphed over time
1: so you know as far as you know, what keeps nonprofits alive and going in addition to fundraising which is super important but it's also volunteerism and it's awareness and you know 75% of donors will never donate again to the same nonprofit. And so there's a shift in the mentality of how you treat the donation process. Instead of treating it as a sales transaction, it's important to treat it um, as, as an opportunity to build a relationship using personalized messaging and content. The idea is to create lifelong supporters. So just recognizing the email really wasn't able to do that for so many organizations that I was very close with, wanted to build a better way of doing it. And the personalization is the key component. You know, as consumers, everybody is, you know, used to services like Amazon or Netflix that look at your behavior, your buying history and the content you watch, and they personalize and suggest things. Mm-hmm. And everybody has become accustomed to that. And so being that uh, donating to a nonprofit is one of the most personalized things, personal things you can oh, do. Yeah. Um, it's important for that connection to be just as personalized and to resonate with, with their community supporters.
0: Mm-hmm. And talking about that rabbit hole I went down earlier when I was reading through this report, um, one of the other statistics that I came across was that a 10% increase in donor retention can actually increase the lifetime value of your donor database by 200%. And that's, you know, just a 10%. So if you're talking about, you know, having a thousand donations coming in, say, for some big um, thing... Like uh, we just had Arizona Gives Day. You know, that's a big boost for a lot of local nonprofits. And just looking at, okay, they thought of you on that one day, but now how are you going to stay in front of them so that they continue to give to you? What types of things are you looking at? You, uh, Alexander, you talked about your... Okay. You mentioned the galas, but did you say
2: you have like a fun run too or a walk or? Yes, we okay. do. It, we call it, it's the Walk to Defeat ALS. Uh-huh. Um, and we do one in Phoenix and one in Tucson. Right. Mm-hmm. So how are you then
0: engaging and following up with all those people? Because, lot, well, you know, we're in Arizona, so there's a lot of walks and and runs and fun runs and stuff because everyone loves to be outside. And But a lot of times the people that you get coming to those walks may not necessarily be there because of say, the organization that it's benefiting. They might just be there because their friends are doing it or their family's doing it. So... How, how are you engaging with them afterwards? What would you say is probably one of the most important ways to stay in front of them?
2: Yeah. It kind of goes back to what Ryan was saying about personalization. So, you know, when you donate to us, whether it's $150 ticket to, to a gala or you're giving $10 to the walk, um, you're giving hope to right. patients and families. Mm-hmm. Um, you're buying um, a piece of equipment that they wouldn't be able to afford. Um, you're buying transportation to um, a clinic that they couldn't do. So just making sure that our donors know just how important they are, mm-hmm. that they're the backbone of everything we do. And it's like because of them that we're here so um just relaying that to them you know a lot of our uh, you know patients and their families that fundraise like they obviously understand but you know the sponsors who bring people to the event that might not have a direct connection to ALS because it is a very rare disease um but just making sure that they know you know that you're having an impact on somebody right here locally in Arizona so messaging like that is really important Mm -hmm. So you said you're just, you're kind of brand
0: new to using guests mm-hmm. So how have you guys been utilizing it so far?
2: Um, we used it um, a couple months ago. We have an annual um, education seminar okay. um, called Ask the Experts. So we'll fly in um, researchers, um, leading doctors and, or physicians in the field um, of ALS um, study. Um, we'll bring them into Arizona and we'll have just a full day seminar for our patients and families to kind of know where we are with research and know um, different technology that's available to them, new services we might offer, things like that. So, we used um, the texting platform to let them like where the venue was, parking, things like that, um, to make it smooth and easy for them not to have to be checking their email mm-hmm. the day of, wondering. Um, so we we'll sent we sent them text day of, and then speaker bios, um, so knowing the schedule ahead of time. Oh, nice. which is really key. Yes. <laughs> um, so also too with you know ALS, it, it's very wearing on a person. So being mm-hmm. able to send them the schedule ahead of time so they can kind of pick and choose right. when would be a good time for them. And then during the event, you know, if we have, we have breakout sessions in different rooms. So if something um, was changed, we were able to, you know, send out a text message. And then at the end, just thanking them and sending them a link to the PowerPoint. Right. And presentation materials. So yeah, um, it was successful. We had about um, 35 people um, opt into it, which was great. And nobody has opted out. <laughs> um, so um which is awesome it was kind of our first like trial yeah. run with yeah. it and um I think people really enjoyed it and were appreciative of the technology.
0: Yeah, so. definitely. And it can be a little bit intimidating depending on who your demographic is for who's coming mm-hmm. to your fundraisers and galas and things like that. But, you know, it's one of those things that I think once people see kind of the convenience and what it can mean for them and the, the information that they're going to get. I guess it goes back to making sure you're also providing valuable information on the other end of that that text. Yeah. And, uh, so how is that information then set up? So a nonprofit's like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing, but we're short-staffed as it is and we want this to be something easy to integrate, not more work for us. What does the back end of it look like sure. and how... How frequently are they able to update the information that goes out? What does that look like?
1: Yeah, so it's a drag-and-drop builder. You drop any type of content, images, videos, build forms. Um, You can even embed Instagram, Facebook posts. The whole idea is that you're providing a content-driven experience. It's leveraging that frictionless anchor point of text messaging. Um, And so, you know, Usually you'll have um, with nonprofits, they'll have content that they're using on newsletters or email blasts or on social. And mm-hmm. it's just about repurposing that. Right. And we have a process to help with strategy on how to repurpose that content for this kind of workflow.
0: Right. So the the text that they're receiving then, is it then a link that drives them to that microsite? Yeah. And okay. that's,
1: that's really the power of it is, is getting people out of the message bubble and into browser right. where the contents can personalize itself mm-hmm. based off of behaviors or certain rules that you set up. The more personalized the experience, the idea is, the more likely a call to action will happen. Right, and it's not just about donating, even though that's super important. Yeah, but it's about thanking, showing how dollars are being spent to right. you know impact the mission, volunteerism, you know, showing how their work is affecting the mission, and mm-hmm. then giving them opportunities to engage around it, ongoing. Like Alex said, growing the list during an event is a super important part of day of reminders and things that matter for the event. And everybody there engaged around one purpose. But then it's important to use that to continue the conversation, right. ongoing and staying top of mind.
0: Right? Yeah. Because again, maybe they got dragged in to come into an event or go into the race or whatever that may be, and they're like, "Sure, that sounds great. I have the time. Let's go do that." But you know, you want to make sure that they're learning something about you, know, raising that awareness and they're learning something about your organization afterwards. And obviously, it's not going to be... Not every organization is for everyone, but mm-hmm. it could be that just that one little piece of information that really keeps them interested and wants to bring them back and learn some more. Um, one of the things that comes up a lot on, um, on 3C Amplified with all the guests that I've come in here is um, not everyone not everyone feels like they have the money to give back or not everyone um, thinks that, you know, just $10 is going to make a difference. And so maybe they don't donate money or maybe that's just not their thing right now. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't be involved in another way. And that could be volunteering their time. It could be volunteering their services. It could be something as easy as sharing that information with somebody else like, hey, I can't do this right now, but weren't you looking for an opportunity you know, to give back and being able to forward that information along. So being able to provide that as a nonprofit, all of those different channels and realizing that not one one isn't more important than the other, you know, like you said, whether it's $10 or $150, that donor is making a difference in all of the different ways that
2: they can give back are all making a difference for your organization. Yeah. We have a saying, um, uh, it's called $1 difference. We never know what dollar it is that's going to help us lead to a treatment um, or a cure for ALS. And, you know, as you mentioned, even something as like sharing our content on Facebook, just getting the word out that this is um, a disease that's affecting people, um, that, you know, we need money for research and we need just an awareness um, of what it is. Um, Because as I mentioned before, it's rare. We serve about 400 to 500 patients, you know, in a given year. I don't know the statistics um, across the country, but it's something that people need to, you know, realize is out there and is affecting families. So
0: Yeah. So what exactly then, um, what, talk about some of the services then for the families that, um, yeah. that you're involved with.
2: Yeah. So um, our big one is a medical equipment loan closet. Um, so we can have anywhere from, you know, $10,000 up to $70,000 worth of equipment in someone's home. Power wheelchairs are a big one. Um, eye gaze devices um, for people who've lost the ability to speak. Um, So that's all free of charge. Um, We offer bathroom equipment, just really anything that they would need. Um, As the disease progresses, we also we offer a transportation program, um, so if they don't have a wheelchair accessible van, um, we will provide transportation to and from clinic appointments, doctor's appointments, things like that. Um, we have support groups. Um, we have support groups for people currently facing the disease. We have support groups for um, caregivers of people with ALS, and then also survivors. So friends and family who've lost somebody. Um, and we also have a kids program. Um, kids don't typically get ALS, but it's focused on um, kids whose loved one, so a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, you know, whatever it may maybe um, just taking them and providing them a safe place to talk about what they're feeling and experiencing and then also providing them with fun and free activities to just kind of take their mind off of things that are going on at home. And then we have, uh, we do home visits. So we have care service coordinators that will come into the home, kind of assess what they might need and then get that equipment to them and just, you know, being as emotional support too. Right.
0: And on that last one, when you were talking about, coming out and doing the assessment and just mm-hmm. kind of seeing what they need. Um, I imagine that because it is such a uh, rare disease, it's not like you you know can talk to your neighbor down the street who is also affected by it. Hey, what kind of services did you right. get? What did you need? It's one of those things that you... Um, It's very specified information and it it may not be so easily accessible. So having that program in place, you don't know what you don't know. So having that program in place to really help them out with that. Mm -hmm.
2: And and ALS ALS diagnosis, it's so overwhelming when you first get it too. So we're also there, you know, just to kind of guide them through to get them to where they need to be. And we get very, very close with our patients and families. We're, you know, in their homes, on the phones with them all the time. Just, you know, we're there for them, whatever they need. Mm Mm-hmm. And
0: Ryan, going back to um, the way that the platform can be used, I mean, we've talked about how it can be used for donor retention and and reaching out to donors, volunteers. Um, What are some other ways that some of the nonprofits that you're working with, um, what are some of the successes they've been seeing? How have they been using the platform?
1: Sure. <clears throat> so the big you know, key metric difference between if I look at email open rates, usually less than 20% click-through rates, which are links in the email or calls to action for people to click through, two and a half is generally the average across nonprofits. Um, so with our customers, they typically see right off the bat between a 30 and 80% click-through rate or tap-through rate, we call it, because mm-hmm. it's always mobile. So being able to leverage that to get people in browser is the big key metric difference. And then as far as fundraising goes, we see about an average of a 38% increase in per person donations. Wow. And, you know, really it's the big differentiator is the personalized content and the messaging Mm -hmm. uh, in browser. Um, And it's really just about the communication that goes on regardless of what call to action it is. Staying top of mind, being personalized, any call to action is going to have greater traction um, with those best practices in place.
0: Right. As far as setting up and for nonprofits and looking at this, what kind of support then are you offering to them to kind of get them to see Mm -hmm. the different ways that they could be using it for their organization and how they can personalize it? Because I have to think that some nonprofits are going to be really on top of that and go, oh my gosh, this is exactly the platform we've been looking for and we know how we want to utilize this. Others may know that they need it, but then they're kind of stuck with, sure. okay, now what do we do with it? Is that something that you, Brightguest, helps them out with? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. So uh, obviously, we want to make it as intuitive and easy as possible right out of the gate. One interesting aspect of nonprofits is if, if it's a national brand that's, that's broken up into regions or chapters, they'll, they'll have this national web content, but at the chapter level might not have access to modify it at that level. Right. So, you know, we say that you can build microsites on our platform in under 15 minutes, and it's easy to take the content that you have access to and just sort of repurpose it. But, of course, we have a certain process in place for onboarding that trains the people that will be using it on how to use it. And, um, you know, going forward, we offer live chat, phone, email support. And of course, we have plans that offer more professional services where we can provide somebody that will be there to actively build content and work with their teams. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, because I can see where, like I said, think you look at this and go, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. They hear how well this is working for other organizations. But then I think one of the things that all you know holds back a lot of nonprofits, especially if they're smaller, they're thinking – I know that the payoff might be great, but right now all I can think about is this is one more thing exactly. to add. <laughs> you don't want to put another thing on their plate. You want
1: to take things off the plate. Right. Mm-hmm. Take things off the plate instead right. of adding
0: it on there. So what are some ways then that you think, you know, in either one of you that can answer this one, what are some ways that you see repurposing of content really helping with that process of taking things off people's plates and saving time but not feeling like you're repetitively saying the same thing to the same people?
1: Well, I mean, one big aspect of the personalization is being able to change content mm-hmm. based off of real-time insights. So not having to make it manual where you go in and you necessarily you know, A-B test manually, right. right? So creating different workflows that will resonate based off of having those insights. Mm, okay. So in other words, if somebody you know lingers over a certain type of content for a period of time, uh, our personalization engine looks at that and says that there's a high likelihood that they'll be interested in this content. Right. So you can change it up, the messaging as well. Um, and that's kind of the workflow we've created to be able to leverage those insights and segment audiences on mm-hmm. the fly based on that. So, again, taking it off the plate, making the platform, the tool, do the work for you.
2: Right. It's like magic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I just have to say Bright Guest is amazing when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, we were one of those people. We, we are our small office. Yeah. Um, so when we approach approached with this, we're like, this is fantastic. Um, we've got ideas of how we want to use it, but we don't necessarily know how to um, put that into action. Right. Exactly. And so I've had multiple conference calls where I'm like, this is my vision. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Alex, who is sitting off to the side here, is so great. I'll be like, here's kind of what I have in mind. And within a day, I get like a full schedule mm-hmm. of like, here's when you should send this text message. Here's what I think this content should be on this day. You know, here's how we should make this work. And it's been fantastic, right? And, you know, even I'm sending her a button. Can you edit this or can you tweak that? And j- immediately, yeah, just does it. So it's been it's been great. Yeah, so.
0: it sounds really exciting. I almost mm-hmm. feel like okay, I need to get on somebody's list now so I can play on their <laughs> micro site. Um, <laughs> um, because I I do. I mean, we again and we talked about email and just kind of how sort of ineffective some email campaigns can be. But I'd say even going towards, you know, looking at people's websites, sometimes you go to the website and you're just like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. even, why am I even here? I, yeah. <laughs> one of the first things I say to a client when I'm working on their marketing strategy and I'm looking at their website is I say, okay, you need to take an outside look in at your website and what is it that you're trying to get people to do. And if you look at the site and you have no clue why you're even there, why you're looking at it, then you're going to leave. And so with this, it sounds like it's one of those things where it's almost, you know, they're going to, the microsite itself is going to tell you why you're there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Big elaborate website buildouts are not as relevant Mm -hmm. as they once were, especially as everything gets more personalized and focused. Right. So being able to focus content to each individual based on that knowledge and resonate with them doesn't require you know a 20 page website that right. covers everything. It's really important. I mean sure, everything has tons of features. everything is, is got a great complexity going on that makes it valuable. But what is like the one thing that stands out? you know focus on that. And so microsites allow you to do that in a really uh, in, a, in a frictionless way so you can change it up on the fly. And, you know, use insights to make those changes. And the idea is that you don't necessarily need some kind of big static overarching site to Mm -hmm. support whatever your initiatives are. You can have something that's malleable and, uh, again, coming back to frictionless and personal.
0: Right. Yeah. We don't always need all the information all at once. (laughs) We get so much information Mm -hmm. now from everywhere. We get information from, you know, TV, radio, podcasts, (laughs) websites, Instagram, Facebook, you know, and it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that we need more information, going back to what you were talking about, it just needs to be um, more relevant and yes, and personalized. And, exactly.
1: And and it's important to use many channels, right. right? But it's important to understand which of those channels make sense for your audience. Right. Um, and then really focus on making those the best channels. Mm-hmm.
0: So how do you utilize volunteers at um, – ALS Association. And you talked about the galas and having some volunteers help mm-hmm. out there. But what are some of the things, ways for people to be, get involved if they want to volunteer with your organization?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so the galas are a big one. We definitely need volunteers to help us run registration and you know with our silent auction, live auction and things like that. The walk is also a really big one. Mm-hmm. Um, we need people to help us be um, route monitors and working inside the stadium um, to kind of help guests and things like that. So and then we also do have opportunities from time to time to, in our office. Um, we have some equipment that we have to put together or create speak books, which are, which, um, are when someone's waiting for a um, eye gaze device or kind of something they can use in interim. Um, just things like that that we yeah. definitely use help with. So,
0: And what would you say, um, how, how do you go about when you're finding volunteers or a volunteer comes to you, what are some ways that you're keeping them engaged then with your organization just outside of whatever that specific time is that they're... Spending with you,
2: yeah, so right now it could be better. We get people that come in off our website or people who volunteer at the walk and they want to get involved, and you know we try to keep up with them with email, but um like Ryan said, it's kind of a static thing, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to be using this texting platform. so if we do need you know a volunteer here or there to come in the office and help us with something, we could just send something out um and get an instant response, and we mm-hmm. can also just be updating them on what we're doing. Hey, we're having like kids' day out need some volunteers for that. Or, you know, hey, the gales are coming up. We could use 20 more volunteers. Right. Um, but then also to just letting them know other things that we're doing, you know, oh, you, you know, you help serve, you know, X amount of people or you made a difference. I love that this. component
0: of it because mm-hmm. being able to follow up with that impact and have it just being a quick and easy way of doing it, not having to be like this well thought out, you know, let's put together this, you know, case study or this big email or, right. you know, just yeah. something quick and easy. Like, hey, this is this is something that you did. And thank you all so much for for giving back in this way. this exactly. Is the impact that you made it?
2: That you made it. That you made. <laughs> <laughs> like going back to my example of SpeakBook. So um, it's kind of a low technology thing that mm-hmm. we have volunteers, you know, put together for people that are on the wait list for speech devices. But um, we had a group come in and make about 20 of those. And that it's huge. It yeah. takes so much time to put those together. Mm-hmm. And then, they can do it in like a couple of hours, and right? They serve twenty people, yeah. Um, and just being able to follow up with them and like you know you impacted this person, like this person wasn't able to communicate before, and we got them a speed book, and that was because of you, yeah. Um, just making sure that they know how important they are because you know sometimes when you you go and you volunteer and you feel great, but you leave and you're like you know it was great that I did that, but what really right did I do? uh uh-huh. Um, and seeing exactly what you know yeah. their time and effort when it's Well into. And a lot
0: of times people I mean people feel that way too about when they make a donation. Yeah. They make a mm-hmm. donation and then it's poof off into the you know off into the internet and then you go okay yeah you know Whereas, <laughs> now, like, what, yeah like you're What what did that mm-hmm. do though you know yeah, yeah. and um it's one thing to be able to say on on your website or in your social media, um, hey, you know, we were able to raise so much from this gallow or these donations or whatever that may be, and here's the impact it had. Uh, but I guess making it, again, going back to that personalization, just being able to broad, it's nice to be able to broadcast it and get that message out, but then how to focus that on the individual donor. So I feel like I'm looking at my phone and I see a text message and it says to me, you know, Jacqueline, here's, you know, here's the difference that you made and I can click on it and look and actually see and feel like, you know, and I mean, obviously we all know this is coming. You're not personally, Alex isn't sitting in the office texting me. We know that, but it still feels So much more personal than that broadcast message.
1: Exactly. And more than just um, showing people the impact, but giving them an opportunity to give feedback is important Mm -hmm. because volunteers are in the trenches. They see what's working, what can be improved upon. So another part of making them feel taken care of is giving them a channel to give feedback, right? So it makes them feel like you're taking care of them. You care about what they think to make ongoing improvements for the volunteer experience. Mm -hmm.
2: How many volunteers would you say that you have then at ALS Association? So with our like dedicated office volunteers, we have anywhere from um, 20 to 30 people mm-hmm. that, you know, we can call on to help with things like that. At the galas, um, we see upwards of 50 people and at the walks we need um, a lot. So we right. have like 100, 150 people come out for that.
0: Yeah. And I imagine, you know, previous to something like the, you know, the text messaging platform, being able to follow up with that many volunteers and just manage those communications. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking back on the times when I, you know, vo- you know, was volunteered, did some volunteer management and things for, you know, nonprofits or races or whatever that looks like. Just like you said, just being able to, okay, this, we just had this change and now we've got to get that information out to everybody. How are we, how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, other than
2: okay, well, I guess Great. we'll send an email. And <laughs> yeah. Well, especially oh, for with the, the walk, like at five three in the morning, you're not checking no. your email and if there's a road closure. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to get this out. So yeah, yeah definitely yeah. key to helping with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like the follow-up the next day where thank you for coming out. You know, we raised X amount of dollars. We saw X amount of walkers and we could not have done it without you.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. And that feedback component, that is also built right into the platform then?
1: Yeah, and tied to the individual. So then, again, tied to all their, you know, the things that they've seen or engaged with over time. So you kind of roll it all up and get a good big picture of, of the person and their role within helping the organization. Um, so that would be like a function of building a form on the platform where you could capture any information from them, um, you know, give them to rate their experience um, and to provide feedback for ongoing improvements.
0: So all of these functions and everything sound great. What would be, what kind of nonprofits do you, have you seen that are some characteristics of those nonprofits that you see? They're like, okay, yes, they're ready to go. This is perfect for them. Are there maybe some, you know, maybe some challenges for some other nonprofits that maybe this isn't the right fit for them just now? Where Where should they be at if they're looking for something like this?
1: Definitely looking to add uh, another component into their communication strategy Mm -hmm. that can make a bit more of an impact or to move the needle more so than the tools that they might have become aware that are frustrated with. Right. The biggest use case we see as far as out of the gate, a brand new customer is that there's some type of upcoming initiative or event. And that they can promote that event or some types of um, aspects that are trying to get traction around for the event leading up to it and grow the list. Um, Then being able to use it for ongoing communication afterwards, not just for that event or upcoming events afterwards, but other opportunities to stay involved in the interim. So nonprofits that have that kind of setup or structure, which is a pretty popular setup and structure for nonprofits.
0: Yeah. I imagine, too, if you are jumping into something like this and you've got an event coming up, it kind of already puts into place that goal for you of right. we we need to get this done and, you know, and get this functioning and learn the functions for this one event. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine, um, just like you were saying, Alex, then having just all these ideas kind of pour out of being able to see those possibilities down the road, because I'm sure they're all presented to you in the first place when you first hear about the platform. But at that time, you're probably just thinking... Okay, I got to wrap my head around this. But what are some of the, you d- you talked about how you come up, we have been coming up with all these ideas that you kind of send over and say, how do we do this? So what are some other ways then that you're thinking of using something like this down the line and, you know, to create an impact with your organization? Yeah, I, I have so many ideas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for, for patients specifically, you know, support group reminders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the case the, the location moves or things like that are just like easy access for them when activities are coming up. So we do a lot of social activities and adaptive recreation programs. So just getting information on about that. And when it comes to um, our constituents and donors, just, um, you know, letting them know, like May is ALS Awareness Month, like make sure, you know, to, you know, post on social media or something like that. In the long run, just having something once or twice a month, just in real time, updating people about what we're doing. Because we're, we're seeing a lot of growth in our organization right now. We've got lots of care service staff mm-hmm. and a big loan closet. And we're just, you know, ready to help and serve. So yeah. uh, using it that way and yeah. to spread the word about ALS, definitely awareness is a huge piece. Like you mentioned where someone might just come to the walk because their friend's involved. But then bringing them in and having them see, you know, what by coming to the walk the impact and things like that and engaging them in that way. Um, to make sure that they realize, you know, just how important it is. I love that you have so many different,
0: I don't know, for lack of a better word, audiences that you're using the platform for. Like you talked about patients and their families, Mm -hmm. you have volunteers, you have donors. How easy is it then for um, an organization that maybe, you know, has those different levels of audiences engagement? How easy is that then to kind of focus on, Is it a different microsite for each one of them or is it something that, again, like you said, depending on who they are, when they click on it and head there, the site already knows this is a past donor or… A family, or and how's that information changed.
1: Yeah, people are tagged in the platform. Okay, <clears throat> their tags can be you know applied um, manually, or they can be applied based off of um, certain actions they take or don't take, or uh, how they came into the campaign, the microsites, whether it was through an online form or they opted in through text, what keyword they use. Yeah, so the context is able to translate and to help segment the audiences. And so you could set up multiple campaigns to focus on specific initiatives, right? or you can have one campaign where you have these uh, tags on people uh, to segment the audiences and that can control for what they see uh, content-wise, as well as the messaging and the text. So you and I could be on the same mobile page at the same time and see different content based off of those insights.
0: Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just, I'm like, okay, who wants to put me on their their list? I want to play. Yes. (laughs) So, um, going back to I guess you know when you first created this, was there already or, I mean, I know that there's texting platforms out there, but were, are there platforms or were there platforms out there like this already that you saw and just thought I can do that better, or is this something that you know just from the ground up is something brand new?
1: Yeah, so it's it's definitely brand new in the personalization of these microsites, right. And then when making the decision, how do we get these people aware of the microsites, Email obviously was something that didn't make as much sense Mm -hmm. when you looked at the other available channels to make it more frictionless. So text messaging is what we chose. The biggest differentiator between what we offer and traditional text marketing platforms is that we want to get people out of the message bubble as quickly as possible. You know, you see text marketing platforms, the content is usually what's in the bubble and you can link out to a website or a coupon or something Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, what really differentiates us is getting people into browser and leveraging our personalization engine, the, the personalization of content and messaging. Uh, but the text messaging component, it just makes sense because that is the channel that everyone uses for communication. Right. It's personal. Your messages appear there with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And it's protected. So you can't just buy a list of phone numbers and blast out to a bunch of people. Yeah. There are huge penalties associated with that. Not so much with email. Right. So it's protected in that, you know, People can opt out at any time, just as if just they can opt in as well.
0: I like uh, when you were talking about, um, you know, when you were working within the bubble. Years ago, actually, when I first started my business, I actually had looked at being able to offer text messaging services to my clients as part of their marketing. And some of the platforms that I had um, kind of tested out, it was a lot of, you know text one for this two for that okay then you push the one now text one for this and two for this okay now two now text one and you're just sitting there going one two one two or yes no yes no (laughs) back and forth and Mm -hmm. after a while you're like okay this i mean the novelty kind of wears off and you're like okay i'm good you know and then they were like so excited because then you could send along a picture and they could say yes or no (laughs) so i love that i just like that aspect of because again We get bombarded with so much information. So anymore, it's, okay, what's going to be, you know, what's appealing? Like, what do you want to look at? You don't want to just look at some text strings going back and forth. Eventually, you want that to get to something a little more interesting to look at. Yeah, and And bringing
1: people into a microsite means you have to send less text messages, right? right? So now you have less opt-outs and you're providing a richer experience. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So within that microsite, what are some, um, I know you touched on some of the possibilities of what can be done on that site. You know, what are some other possibilities then that nonprofits could think about as far as using that microsite? And what are some of the, uh, I don't know, kind of the things that can be added into it to make it more user-friendly? And-
1: yeah. With the platform, it's a really. Easy way to get people to drive them to where they can branch out into several options, right? So I mentioned that, you know, you can embed videos, you can drop images, you can build forms. Um, But the social engagement component is important too. So you can embed Facebook or Instagram posts right there in that same channel. And then again, you're branching out, driving social engagement Mm -hmm. uh, over time. Um, so, really, any type of content that you could imagine interacting with on a, a mobile page, yeah. you would have the ability to drop that onto there. Um, but the idea is, again, with personalization, that content can change over time, right, for each individual.
0: And I imagine being able, they'd be able to then share that information with their audience too, right. if they, they wanted to be able to see an event that was coming up, and you sent out a, you know, information about this event that's coming up. They can easily then share that with their friends and family. Hey, there's Walkers coming up. We should all, you know, start a team or whatever that may be. And that's a huge component too. Like a lot of times people um, you know, they wonder why people aren't engaged with their social media and it's because they're just not providing anything that people want to share. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's where that that's kind of like that secret sauce of engagement with your social media and even and with your website or any in any of, the, of that information you're putting out there. You want it to be something that people really want to share.
1: Sharing is huge. And non, you know, especially with volunteers, volunteers know other volunteers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so they're a really good recruiting tool to bring on like-minded people that want to contribute to a similar cause.
0: Right. Yeah, because they want to talk about, oh, I volunteered over the weekend at this. It was really fun. Yeah. You know, you should come do it with me sometime. Or, um, you know, or a lot of times, you know, specifically I'll hear from families, oh, gosh, you know, it'd be fun if we could all volunteer together somewhere. And, you know, having that ability for somebody else to say, oh, I just volunteered. Here's where I volunteer. We, everyone likes to talk about that. Yeah. So, Yeah. So um, as we kind of wrap up here and get to the end, I want to make sure that, um, Alexandra, you want to tell us a little bit about, you mentioned that May is um, National ALS Awareness Month. Is that the specific? Um, Do you want to tell us maybe a little bit about um, any events or anything that's going on around that? Um, Anything that people can get involved in that's coming up?
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So our national office just put out a new campaign called Challenge Me. It's kind of the um, follow-up to Ice Bucket Challenge that happened in 2014. And if anyone wants more information about that, definitely give us a call at 602 297 um, 3800. And we can talk to you about that. Um, we've got galas coming up at the end of the month, um, one in Tucson and one in Phoenix. They're both currently sold out, um, but we are having a wait list. So if anyone's interested in that, um, coming to kind of see what we're about, what we do, um, definitely a great way to get involved and just, you know, get a feel of our organization. Right. Um, and then we've got walks coming up in October and November. And again, if you want to just give us a call or our email is info at alsaz. Um, and we can provide you more information about that. So Great. And I imagine
0: um, also go to the website and yeah, look up any our our information. Um, resources and programs are listed on there for anybody who needs that information. And yes. Then, and yeah, yeah. Then if they want to get involved. Yeah.
2: And our website is alsaz.org. Great. So. Yeah,
0: well, I'm excited for what you have to come with um, with using this platform. It's, you know, like I said, it sounds really exciting. It sounds like you're really excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, which means that, you know, you um, just really love what your, the possibilities that it has for being able to engage with your donors and your volunteers and especially those families that are yeah. involved. So yeah, that's, the
2: accessibility of it Yes, is, we're so excited about that for our patients and mm-hmm. then the personalization for donors and volunteers. Yeah, so.
0: definitely. And Ryan, how about you? Um, what is kind of on the um, horizon for BrightGuest?
1: Well, it's important for us to continue to stay innovative. Right. Uh, so we have a pipeline of uh, features that we feel will add the most value to customers and to be able to give them a more uh, frictionless onboarding experience to streamline how they can start getting up and running as quickly as possible with it. Um, so we're always you know, working to also provide a channel for customers to give the feedback that Drives that engine. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Nonprofits that are thinking, oh, I want to see if maybe this is a good fit for us. Is there a demo process that they can sign up for, reach out to you? or
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just compose a text message and text the word ENGAGE to the number 27000.
0: Oh, very exciting. Yes. (laughs) Um, And they'll be able to just see right then from their phone, kind of experience it. Experience it Mm -hmm. and
1: also um, see different channels that can use to get a hold of us, see certain examples of it in action. Um, It's a really effective way of showing them what the possibilities are.
0: And what was that again? It was they're going to text Engage to? two
1: seven zero zero zero.
0: Great. I wrote it down. Awesome. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you both so much for being here today. I'm really excited um to learn more about, you know, obviously about both your organizations, the you know, the things that Bright Guests are doing for the nonprofits in the community. I mean, this is just I I feel, you know, if somebody coming, you know, from a marketing background here, just a huge way um to kind of lift that weight of um you know, that engagement and content and, um, that personalization that is so important, um, and being able to kind of wrap that all up in one platform, I think is just really exciting. Um, and, um, Alexandra from ALS, it's just really great to hear from somebody who's kind of just starting out with using it and just already seeing, like you said, you've only been using it for a couple of months Mm -hmm. and you're already just seeing such, um, great engagement and just all of the different ideas that you're coming up with for ultimately helping the families Mm -hmm. um, with your organization, whether that's through getting more engaged donors or more engaged volunteers or whatever that might be. So thank you both so much for being here today. Um, On that note, uh, you've been listening to 3C Amplified, where we share how others are connecting, creating, and collaborating to amplify their impact. And we hope we've inspired you to do the same in your community. Until next time, I'm Jacqueline DeStrempse with Another Hand Advantage. Let me help create a digital marketing strategy to put your organization's mission in front of your target audience and highlight the impact you're having in your community. Visit anotherhandadvantage.com to learn more and connect.